Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is Jesse Mogul, host of Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. Make sure you're checking me out on my website, MediaMogul.com. You can find me on iTunes at MediaMogul.com forward slash iTunes. All my social medias at Jesse Mogul, except for Facebook, where that's, again, at Media Mogul. I think you're getting a pattern here. There's a lot of Media Mogul in my life. I am joined today by the one and only Patrick Clevin. We just got out of an inconvenient sequel. So let me inter- let me introduce my man right here. Just got done putting out an album down. I'm, I'm just screwing this whole thing up. Hi. <laughs> I was feeling Why so much better. I was feeling good. So welcome to the show, man. Introduce yourself. Say hi to the audience. Hello. <laughs> yes, that was too loud. Yeah, that's all right. He, 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 he is the master behind, behind the band Down on Maddie. Uh, he's absolutely a phenomenal musician, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. That is for a we're different not? episode. Come on. I know, I know. You thought we were bringing you here for an exclusive, but it is. It is. We just walked out of the movie, An Inconvenient Sequel. Al Gore had a special appearance at the end of it, did a little Q&A action. It was absolutely phenomenal, but let's get your input on it first. What did you think about this movie? The film. It was very engaging from the uh, from the beginning with the imagery and the video of the actual glaciers. Um, so it, it drew me in for sure, right off the bat. Um... It was funny because uh, one thing I noticed is that he he started to he he it seemed like the film had a breaking point where he started to say, "Well, stay with me because so far it's been all doom and gloom, and now we're gonna get to the the hopeful stuff." But then it was still light on the hopeful <laughs> part of it. It's still uh, heavy on the doom and gloom. So I kept like, talking about bad stuff. Like, it went into the terrorism attack in Paris. Yeah. Like, so it, it was still a little tough to for me to, to get uh, hopeful about it. But towards the end, then, then they did um, start to highlight a lot of the, the projects that are happening. Like, the Chile um, investment in solar was pretty... That was phenomenal. Uh, it was pretty um obvious and so it's a, yeah it was let's go back to cool. let's go back to some of the doom and gloom because i noticed a lot of head shaking like nose of horribleness um whenever al went into the story about how he was going to have nasa put together the satellite and they were going to send all this awesome satellite hardware up into space it was going to watch the whole global climate it was also going to look for solar flares for businesses and then bush cheney get in office and, and close it down and i just felt like the moment he said that, you could just see the exhaustion in his face. And then it, it goes in to just how many things went against the environment while Bush and Cheney were in office. And you could see when he got up on stage to talk, uh, to do his slideshow presentation, there were some of those where he got noticeably like, he, you know, Al Gore seems very lighthearted most of the time, very chilled back, even though he's talking about serious stuff. He got angry on stage. Yeah, he got fired up. Real fired up. There were a couple of times I was like, yeah, yeah, this is the Al Gore I love. Um, And so, yeah, the moment he announced the satellite got shelved, thank God Obama put it up, uh, I think it was like December of 2015, so it was, you know, the, the year before the election and all that nonsense went down. But you know, that, that, that was the beginning of the hope and the chilly thing. But let's focus on the despair, because after he announced that satellite wouldn't go up, it's like they're blatantly just trying to ignore facts at this point these politicians and I get that greed's involved because the oil companies have them in their back pockets you know a myriad of reasons why the money is flowing towards ignoring climate change 
But to not even want to get data for the scientists, I could just see him just, he seems so deflated for about the next 30 minutes of the film. Oh, I know you, you even shook your head. I mean, what were you thinking when you heard some of those things? Because, I mean, we're, you and I are both such tree-hugging hippies about this environmental <laughs> stuff. It, it's just, it was very deflating. Yeah, it was, um, it was really hard to understand and like try to make sense of where those people are coming from and what they are thinking when they do that um and there it's really hard to explain that so yeah there is no real explanation <laughs> even the indian prime minister was against he you know basically said all of you developed countries have been able to use carbon you know carbon fuel source based to grow your economies for the last 150 years and he said anything other than using carbon fuels would be immoral. I mean, that's what he... Remember, he said the word yeah. immoral. First of all, it blew my mind to use that. But then at this very conference, when he says that, India has this horrible storm. You know, hundreds die, thousands displaced. He has to go back to look over the wreckage. And, and then while he's there, he says something to the effect of, you can see climate change in action. But still, Al Gore had to step in and get Solar City to basically give up some really important um, patents or knowledge. I mean, he was even talking about getting Elon Musk in. It just it blows my mind. If we could go back and do it all over again, and, you know, I mean, you, you hear a lot of, you read anything about history, and even the car companies were involved in getting L.A. to turn away from the trolley car and pushing everything towards fossil fuels. We hope that if we could go back and see where we're at now, we would do things differently. Well, India and China and some of these countries, they have a chance to learn from our mistake and immediately go solar, and, and yet they still seem apprehensive about the whole thing. Yeah, I expected him to say, well, my initial reaction to when he said he used the word immoral was, and again, it was hard for me to understand why he would say that because I was thinking it's actually the exact opposite of that. <laughs> right. It is immoral for you to to pollute your people and and continue the pollution and and make it an unhealthy environment for the people to live in. That's exactly the opposite of your job. <laughs> they wanted so, to build 400 coal plants. Yeah. 400. Was, again, it was things. just like, I don't understand what you are thinking. Yeah. Like, um, when they showed the solar panel on the side of that one African hut, it really smacked me in the face of just how simplistic you could make yeah. solar power. I mean, they right. had all those little kids powering up their computers with these solar panels that were plugged in and laid out in front of the desk when they were all doing work outside. Right. Like, yeah. you're building a coal plant, then you got to take all these wires and you got to wrap them all around your city. And India is already, you know, it's just a cluster hell of, of these, uh, the, I wouldn't call them ghettos, I forget what the, the term there is, but it's like shanty towns. Everyone's living in like these little metal shacks. To get electricity to those just sounds like a gigantic fire waiting to happen. Whereas everybody could just have their own little solar panel hanging on the side of their hut. And they give you running right, water electricity out of that. It's definitely accessible. It, it brings a, a light to the accessibility of the technology. And it's really brings it down to earth in a way where it's, it's right? not that big of a deal. It doesn't have to be a massive solar uh, farm to, to make a difference. Yeah, yeah they, I, they build these solar farms, and I get it. it, it Maybe it, you know everybody doesn't want to put solar panels on their house. We're renters. We, I'm not even sure we would be allowed to do that. 
But to me, it seems like a bunch of people living in the suburbs, you know, could just everyone could each have their own solar panel on their house, and one solar panel would probably do a pretty damn good job at powering up their entire house. I mean, maybe the air conditioner would be an issue, but well, as far if you, as if you were living in the house, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would be an issue. I look, I only run the air conditioners all the time because it, the climate is one hundred percent of the day. <laughs> yep. All right. It, look, it's really hard to get a room back to cold whenever it gets up to 97 degrees on an air conditioner. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I do it every day. I look, I, I do my part to save the climate by only showering once every three to four days. <laughs> so, we're, I think... We're going to have to edit this part out of this. No, no, it's all going live, baby. It's all going live. <laughs> Um, you know, what are, you know, we, we, I mean, as soon as we're done recording here, I'm going to jump on, I'm going to try to see how we can become more involved with what he's doing as far as being speakers on his global initiative. But, you know, for everyone out there, even just for us, I mean, what do you think, what are some ways that on a, on a more local level, we can start making changes? I mean, is this even something that we can do on a local level? I mean, two people turning off an air conditioner is, is only does so much. If we can get a million people, even a thousand people to turn off their air conditioners, you know, but then you have India building 400 coal plants. So, it does, I mean, what, what does it really matter? I think it matters. It's, I mean, it's each individual has to take a certain level of responsibility. Um, There's a certain level of hopelessness. I, I mean, even leave, they, they tried their best to leave you on a good note. But you're sitting here thinking, there's just so many people against it. And I honestly, have, and I believe this, and I'll, and I'll say it on air, and I'll say it again. I'll do many interviews on this, that we need the Senator, you know, we need the Senator McConnell and the Lindsey Grahams. We need that generation to finally retire. And we really need Gen, we need yeah. Gen Xers. You know, I, 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 I've been more harsh with my words than just the word retire, but I really feel like that whole generation needs to retire and just go off and live out their day staring out the window because I just don't believe, you know, whether it be social issues or whether it be economic issues, every, they still want to live in the 50s and they want to be bought off by these big businesses. And I, I hope that, you know, the Gen Xers are the next ones in line to finally take over things. I'm just now in my 40s. So, you know, most of us Gen Xers are in our 40s and early or late 30s. And so, you know, you see these senators, these House of Representatives, I mean, they're all 50, 60, 70 years old. So we've still got some time, but we need them to leave so we can take over and we can stop being bought off by the businesses because it's, it's a greed thing. That's what upsets me the most. You know it's greed doing this. And it's, 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 the, it's the fossil fuel industry paying off the politicians to agree to go with this. And anyone who believes otherwise is, is blinding themselves to the, that reality. Take politics out of it, and everyone should be on board with getting away from fossil fuels. Yeah, it's definitely a systemic problem with you know the capitalist, uh, the way it's set up. Um, the big money controls the decision making right now, but that doesn't. That's only because people have become complacent with their lives and nothing has really directly affected them and now you see a bit of a waking up happening because it is starting to like the healthcare take that for an example that that was that stood to to directly affect uh, millions of Americans and so you see them showing up at these town meetings and yelling at their senators and yeah. house their representatives um, so that's a really good example of where 
we're going to start seeing that, I believe, um, as a reaction to um, some of these establishments, um, hardliners that have been making, I think, big mistakes in the last several years with their their um, decision making and their unwillingness to act. Well, I hope that the constituents of these House of Representatives and these senators. I hope that they, they I hope that they connect the dots. When the wildfires that used to be only a hundred acres every summer now rage five thousand acres deep, or now you have massive flooding in Tucson or Louisiana or Miami that it's it's just normal like tides just coming in flooding Miami. Like you hope that they connect the dots and then it'll say, Oh well, you know, we massive wildfires or huge tornadoes it has nothing to do with climate change, it's just what happens with weather. You know, you hope that they realize that all of this is connected. It seems like other countries are being much more forward on this. I mean, Chile. I mean, who would have ever thought Chile? I mean, based off what Al showed us tonight in the film, they look like a they look like they'll be the first country to go completely, completely renewable energy. And then, what did you think uh, about the? I think it was the Maldives, that one island, and there was tons of tall buildings on it. I didn't. I don't know if I've ever seen that picture before. Yeah, I've never seen the picture of that island. But yeah, it doesn't look good. For it, it was there was like forty story buildings everywhere, and yeah. they were right on the coast. Like there's not one piece of land they have not built on. I'm not even sure they have coastline anymore. But when the water comes up, <laughs> they are going under. Right. I'm pretty sure it was the Maldives. Yeah. And well, what was the um, what's the country that um, that built all the cities on the sand? Dubai. The yeah, Dubai. Oh yeah, there it is. There is a bunch of cities like. Just built on sand. Yeah, in the middle of the ocean. They look like palm frond trees. I think they even built yeah. an entire globe. So it's in like individual islands. It stands to affect them. You know, it stands to affect everybody. And yeah. Dubai, all their money came from oil. So they're gonna they're gonna see the repercussions of dragging all of those dinosaurs out of the ground, uh, first and foremost, and it's gonna flood all their stupid little islands. Yeah, it's it was. It was pretty glaring, you know, how many opportunities we had to go in a different direction that just fell the other way. Like the starting with the Al Gore election yeah. issue. And then ever since then, there has just been one thing after another that's led us further down the wrong path. <laughs> and the U.S. Um, has had an opportunity to be a leader. And now, unfortunately, you know, countries like China and India, like you said, are taking the leadership role and they are going to reap the benefits because they're going to lead in the technology development. They're going to be on the leading edge of all this development and and be smarter for it. And um, it's unfortunate that we're not taking advantage of that because of um, establishment uh, and, and lobbyists. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> the EPA is imploding from the inside. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and it is. I mean, you know, I mean, India, one point two five billion people. You know, that it's it's people. I mean, even the French president came out and said something to the effect recently about U.S. scientists come here. You have a friendly place to do all your research here. Yeah, you know, that's cool. You know, it's like we're gonna find a brain drain for people. Is it people who want to be more effective, people who want to help? I mean, let's face it, Silicon Valley is known for making very addictive apps and very addictive phones. 
Hey, look, there's some sirens. There's your, there's your, every episode we have some sirens. If you haven't heard them, then it's because you're not listening enough, and I highly recommend that you do. But there's a fire station down the street, and uh, <laughs> therefore there are sirens once in a while. And that's because they're probably going somewhere where climate change is taking effect. That's right. There's a, <laughs> there's there's a, a flood, flood happening right <laughs> There's now. a flood in Hollywood and Highland. Right. Um, but, <laughs> Good thing it's Highland. But, you know, but Silicon Valley does have, you know, they have this history of making very addictive devices, but at the same time, they're on the cutting edge. They're constantly trying to see how can they make, you know, originally, I think most of the stuff they were trying to make was to just be more beneficial to human humanity's efficiency, if you will. But a lot of these people who know how to make better solar batteries that can store this energy for longer periods of time or can make lightweight turbines for the windmills, they're going to want to leave and we're going to lose a hell of a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you're going with that. Um, I mean, the financial aspects alone. I mean, I, when I, I did uh, I you know, on my podcast, I think an episode or two ago, I was talking about the the Thwaites Glacier in West Antarctica, and uh, I talked a little bit about the inconvenient sequel then, which is why I was so pumped up about us doing this tonight. And um, oh, now I definitely forgot where I was going with this. Um, blah 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 blah. Nope, it, it went away, but it was there. It was there. It was something to the effect of, oh yeah, that um, that the amount of jobs that can be created in in the oh, renewable yeah. industry. It's like seventeen it renewable jobs to f- f- to every five that can be made. That's another piece and, of science that they just ignore because of the money that's involved. Yeah, they in say the, they want to bring jobs back. They want they want to give coal miners their jobs back. Nobody wants to work in a coal mine. But you could easily put coal miners to work building solar panels, building batteries. I mean, there's tons of stuff that they could be doing other than right, working in a cave with, with a yeah, canary. That's just, not, yeah, like I said, there's another example of, of just ignoring the numbers and ignoring the science that says, uh, and the studies that say, oh, this is actually going to create more jobs and it's going to be better in the long run. Um, and no, we don't want to do that. No, 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 they really don't. And, you know, there, there's another one, the constituency... You know, these people in the Kentuckys and the Virginias, West Virginias, these people, they, they can get on the computer, they could do the research, and they could go to their representative and say, look, we know for a fact that more jobs are created when we turn to renewables than when we, when we turn back to fossil fuels. Either give us these jobs and start building these plants in, in, our, in, our, in our districts, or you're out. You're out on your ass. You know, and hopefully it's, it, the voters finally turn, you know, turn, their, turn their nose up. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Don't forget that in the end, it is the power is still in the people because there's more of us than there are of them, and um, there is definitely power in numbers. There's power in marching and demonstrating, like we've seen, and change does happen when that that sort of behavior um, starts to happen. Um, it'll happen. What are your closing thoughts about the movie? If you're trying to encourage people to go out there and see it, we've talked about the doom and gloom. It's definitely important to see it, and um, you know, it definitely fired me up. Not that I needed any firing up on the subject, but it definitely uh, reestablished uh, where we're at in a way, and um, definitely, you know, stoked the fire. If anything else, uh, as to what um, I can do, you know, whatever that means right now to spread the word. And, like, I'm excited to find out about this, um, the training program that he offers, which is is highlighted in the movie, which I think was important. 
um, and see where that goes. But then, you know, just stay on my course. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I would tell people, too. I mean, if, if you already care about the environment and you're already doing your part, then continue to do your part. Do some research. Go to the web, go to the website, theinconveniencesequel.com. Check out other ways to help research. I mean, there's so. I mean, we have every single piece of human knowledge on the internet. Some good, some bad. There's you know, figure out ways. I mean, especially if you're in a small town. I mean, with Los Angeles, there's so many moving pieces to this city. You really feel like you can only make incremental change, if any at all. I mean, we can put all of our recycles in one thing and you know try to take them to the right place. But for some of these small town people who could literally put themselves on the map by switching to complete renewables, I mean, hell, there's yeah, the numbers are there. It's numbers it's are there. Not um, anything that is up for debate, uh, whether it's the right decision or not. But I think another important thing to do is to open up a dialogue and a conversation with people that do not agree with this line of thinking and understand their perspective and hear them out to you know at the minimum yeah even though you may not agree with it yeah i mean you could just bop them on the nose and shut them down immediately then that's what they're going to do with what you have to say so you're right you've got to be willing to listen and that's what, it's, that's what it's all about. So there you go. That's another episode of Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul, joined by my roommate, my business partner, my good friend, Patrick Clevin. Check me out, mediamogul.com. All my social media, at Jesse Mogul, except for Facebook. Again, that's at Media Mogul. Check me out on iTunes, mediamogul.com forward slash iTunes. That's it, guys. Go out there. Be a part of the positive movement. Check out an inconvenientsequel.com. Do something positive for your world today. At the very least, turn off the faucet while you're brushing your teeth, for goodness sakes. God, that's such an easy one. Thanks for joining me, guys. Talk soon.